0: This is a Bible First Cast special
1: report. Okay, so we kind of finished our last chat about Celebration Chicago. We were kind of doing a roundtable. Uh, we started with Marcus about his favorite overall memory from Celebration Chicago. Let's go to Todd now. And Todd, what stuck out to you uh, the most about your experiences at Celebration in Chicago?
0: Yeah, like we were saying about the running of the hoods, and say that was fantastic and definitely a highlight. Uh, in addition to that, though, I would say uh, the, the Mandalorian panel, that's where I got Uh, A a lot of great information about the new series and, you know, first time we really got to see the uh, the actors, you know, behind it. And uh, we we can go into more detail when we uh, um, talk about, you know, that panel particular, but that would was definitely a highlight for me.
2: So my highlight, other than, as we mentioned uh, on part one, winning the droid races, that was definitely our, our family highlight. Um, but my, my personal highlight, which I had no idea was going to happen, um, was Saturday morning I got a call to try to make it into the exhibit hall um, because there was going to be a special tour of Canadian Garrison's set pieces that they brought. Um, and I didn't have an exhibitor pass. So I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. Um, but thankfully, I got to the um, the edge of the exhibit hall. And the lady noticed me there just like texting on my phone, trying to see if someone could bring me an exhibitor pass. And she kind of put her arm around my shoulder. And she's like pushing me towards the, the entrance. And she's like, someone's bringing you a pass, aren't they? And she just kind of pushed me right into the exhibit hall. I'm like, okay, good. Now I'm in. And uh, then... I realized that I was going to get the chance to meet Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm.
1: Oh. Uh, so,
2: so that was super exciting. Like I felt like I was meeting the queen cause I like shook her hand. I'm like, I'm so honored to meet you. I felt like I bowed. or I don't know what even happened because it was like <laughs> such a blur. Um, But then we got to do uh, a group picture with her. And, of course, me being the shortest person there, I got to stand right up in front of the picture with Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. So excited. Wow. Yeah. So if you guys had um, seen in the first part of the exhibit hall right past uh, Road Squadron, all the vehicles that were on display, um, there was the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter. And right next to that was uh, Canadian Garrison's multi-faceted, uh, booth display. That's really like modular and they can set it up in all these different ways. And that's where they had the emperor's throne and the speeder bike that you could sit on the 10 of four hallway. And then the backside normally has uh Jabba, but, um, there was already a Jabba in the, uh, multi-group area. So they just had like a, a moisture evaporator and I'm not sure what else was on that side. I think just a wall for pictures and stuff. Um, so, yeah, she, so she did a tour of that. Um, they One of their uh, traditions that they do is they have um, honorary members sign the Emperor's Throne. So it has tons of signatures on it. And now it has um, Kathleen Kennedy's and Pete Vilmer, who was also there. I had both signed it uh, that morning. So that was pretty cool.
0: And Pete Vilmer is the uh, uh, fan relations, Lucasfilm fan relations, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep.
2: So that was that was my most exciting thing that I got to do.
0: That's incredible. What a neat experience.
2: Yeah. Um so otherwise on Saturday, um did anyone get to do the Galaxy's Edge Panel?
3: No, I didn't have no. the lottery for that one.
0: I, oh, I I wanna yeah. stay somewhat spoiler free. I mean you can talk about it as much as you want, but I didn't want to see no, photos and stuff.
3: And,
2: yeah, yeah, I didn't get to go either. Yeah. Uh. I don't
3: think there was much to say to, to show you know, Coke was presented as the sponsor there and they showed the you know, the new artwork, I guess, how to represent Coke the best without really switching or, you know, showing how it's how they're how they look in the real world. So, you know, it's definitely the Coke you know, logo, uh, slogan or logo, I guess. Um, but they showed some products, but I don't think they showed anything out of the ordinary that, that we uh, haven't been exposed to yet.
2: Yeah, that, that did seem... I know that was the giveaway, was the Coca-Cola t-shirts for that panel, and um, the Coke bottles are going to be like little thermal detonator-looking um, things, and all of their labels are... My son described it as cursive or um orbesh. so it it kind of looks like the coke or sprite or I forgot what the other dasani I want to say or some of the other beverages um and it kind of looks like orsh, but you can still tell what it's supposed to be, so it yeah. was kind of neat, and by uh virtue of someone. Um, at the one of the tra- trading sessions, um, who found that the Coca Cola giveaway T shirts were all like way too large for most people, um, so we ended up getting gifted one because it was too large for them. But my son's like, I'll wear it, so so that was pretty neat to get one of the T shirts, even though we didn't get to go to the panel. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. One of the few like non-lottery panels that I got to go to that I had kind of mentioned earlier was the droid and animatronic creatures panel. Um, so that was, that was very neat to see all the different variations of the droids that they needed to utilize to get the different shots that they needed to do. Um, the coolest one that they put on display was uh, Six Eyes from Solo. Um, who you see? His his key scene is when uh, Solo and Lando are playing Sabacc, and um, six eyes is kind of two solos left. I think it was, and um, you know Solo makes the comments. You know, keep your eyes on your cards. All of your eyes on your cards. Um, I had totally thought until this panel that that character was all CG, but he's not. He was a practical effect, and um although those eyeballs would independently move based on these mechanics and gyroscopes and programming. And they, you know, brought the actual head piece uh, connected to a laptop on stage. And the gentleman who was presenting would, you know, lift and shift the head and the eyes would drift in different directions based on, on how he was moving the head. It was so amazing. I, it was like totally science fiction come alive right in in front of my eyes because I was convinced that that was all CG.
0: Wow. That's really cool to see firsthand.
2: Yeah.
3: Was this at the celebration stage as well?
2: No, this one was at the galaxy stage. Okay, okay. So like on the other side of the celebration store in that area.
3: What I liked about how the celebration stage was handled when it was not completely filled is... That um, you know, the first let's say ten rows were for you know Jedi Masters um, uh, ticket holders, and then if uh, those weren't filled, then you know people were allowed to sit there um, that you know didn't have that didn't buy those those badges or didn't get those badges. So it was you know the first like the ground was always covered, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was nice to let people you know fill those those seats as well if the panel wasn't completely sold or, you know, filled.
2: Yeah. um, One of my garrison mates, uh, he was in our group, went lottery for the Mandalorian on Sunday. And he decided, based on what the other programming was going to be at the celebration stage, because I think it was um, Alan Tudyk and uh, Clone Wars, I want to say, were the other ones that were coming up on that stage for that day, um, that he was just going to stay there because they didn't. Kick you out. You just either had to, you know, move forward or backwards, depending on if there was VIPs that were going to be Price. using those seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he stayed in the celebration stage area. Good thing they had concessions over there um, for like a whole day, ba- basically, because the Mandalorian panel was at eleven, I think, and the Clone Wars panel went until four or five. Mm-hmm. So he just. Stayed in there the whole day. (laughs) So that worked out pretty good. Um, Yeah, so I guess moving on to the banquet. So that was um, Saturday evening. Or I guess, unless you guys want to talk, what else did you guys do on Sunday? Other than the Uh, March.
3: Saturday. Or Saturday, Um, sorry. The Rebel Legion picture was Saturday. The World World Run was Saturday. And I think that's pretty much all I did. Um. Yeah.
2: Did you guys so. try to do the um, Galactic March?
3: I think it was. I did, but I think those spots were already filled. I mean, I, I I couldn't. I couldn't get it. I found out pretty late that this was actually happening. Um. So I didn't didn't really cross my radar until tra- fairly late late in the game.
0: Yeah. So apparently, early in the planning process, they were trying to do a uh, parade. And which eventually became the Galactic March, where they had representatives of every detachment of the uh the Legion that would uh, then march through the exhibit hall. Yeah, I didn't participate in that earlier. I don't think the um I I don't have my schedule firmed up yet, so I didn't sign up for it because I didn't know where I was going to be and whether I could make it.
2: Yeah. I was kind of in the same boat. It was um it was kind of it was like right in the middle of the day, kind of at three o'clock or something. I wasn't sure where I was going to be, and with the limited spots, you know, because it was not only every detachment was represented, um, but uh, Rebel Legion, Galactic Academy, Saber Guild, uh, Dark Empire—you know—all mm-hmm. the groups mm-hmm. also had slots. Um, and so that you know, there was a max cap on how many overall could be in the parade or Galactic March, I guess. Um, so I'm like, my schedule's too iffy. We'll just. Let you know other people have those spots, um, but it sounded like it was it was pretty cool being able to have representatives from all the the groups that were participating uh, do the little march through the convention center.
0: Yeah, I saw a video of it. It, it looked great. You know, just to to see a, a like a, a small group of each or you know, a small number of representatives from each group, you know, representing that, you know, detachment or what have you. It was great seeing them all go by and yeah, it was a great idea. I I really hope everybody was pleased with it because I thought it looked really good.
2: Yeah. And like you were saying, they they did have to kind of scale it down at one point. They were talking about um having an outside um but between the weather and I guess there was these huge fees that the city wanted to charge in order to have, you know, I don't know if they'd have to close roads or have, you know, police at crosswalks. And so, yeah, it was much easier, I think, having it inside, yeah. defi- definitely with the weather.
0: Understandable. Um, You know, there were a couple of panels, actually, I did want to bring up. Um, these are actually from Friday. So sorry, I didn't uh, cover those earlier. But um, the, you're uh, talking about the creatures from solo that uh you know Mm -hmm. just jogged my memory that i wanted to mention that there was a panel called ilm presents making solo
2: oh yeah i wanted to make that one how was that
0: um well i don't want you to feel bad now that you missed it Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) well that's okay that's part of what this is is to share our experiences
0: yeah um you know yeah, uh, it was really good because the I can't remember the person's name that hosted it, uh, but he was from ILM, and he essentially gave this wonderful presentation that essentially was like a TED talk. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so engaging, and uh, the way that it, it showed di- uh, different clips from you know uh, previs, and then like all the different you know like passes on you know uh, actually going through the special effects. Versions and then showing a completed clip and it was it was so well done. He was so engaging and uh, highly highly recommended. Um, I don't know if that would be one that you can find streaming or not, but uh, it was it was really good. Um, yeah. So it, the other one that I want to mention was the uh, music of Episode One, Phantom Menace, uh, with David Collins. Uh, that one was fascinating because david collins you know is a um he's a producer at skywalker sound and voice actor and he uh really went through the different elements of different pieces of music from episode one like taking them into like uh a real analytical place for like a music student which i am not um but it was just fantastic the way he brought that out and, and showing how Elements of the original trilogy music—you could hear, you know, how John Williams had incorporated that in certain places, in certain themes, etc. And it was, yeah, it was enthralling.
3: He has a great podcast called the um, Soundtrack Show, and he also had a previous podcast uh, on the Rebel Force Radio Network called Oxygen. Um, I think was it Oxygen? No, I forgot. Well, but definitely the Soundtrack Show. That's Currently, what's um, what he what he does, and he talk, he talks about music in general, and um, he's very knowledgeable, and it, it makes it very easy for you know novices to understand like the intentions behind everything, and it's really really worth, uh, worth a shot. And I'm I, I'm yeah, I'm sad I missed that one, uh, Todd. Um, that was really a highlight of, from, from, what, from what I heard.
0: Yeah, so he had a. a, a an electronic piano like up on stage so he would just yes. play different elements of it and then you know then actually then play a full piece and and tell the different moments and here's the high part you can hear you know the mysterious you know uh, um senator coming in here who we don't necessarily know is palpatine but here's a hint and you know and
3: yeah, yeah really well done yeah yeah it was called oxygen yeah you can still find it in the back catalog of uh, rebel force radio
2: so what else did folks do on Saturday? It's the banquet. <laughs> know, it all blurs the banquet together.
3: Left.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was um, interesting. I guess I'm glad that my family got there early enough because it seemed like the um, hotel made a decision on when they were going to stop feeding us. And <laughs> so it was rather odd um, how the food was put out or not put out as a case may be. Um, but yeah, unless you got there within the first half hour of the banquet, you were, you were unfortunately left with not much food left. Um, so that was kind of disappointing, but the, the eating part isn't necessarily the main part. Why do we go to the banquet anyways? Um, so, but the the new thing that they tried this year was the murder mystery aspect, like dinner theater kind of thing. Um, so they each table was named a different thing. Oh, gosh, I don't even remember what mine was. It was like the the incredibly drunk moisture farmers, I think was what my table ended up being. Um, And like each table had to root for a different character and uh, our table had to root for the, the that was one of the characters. And the premise was that uh, we had to figure out the mystery of, of who shot Greedo. Um, And they had all of these um, various characters come out and you had to list the suspects and, try to figure out what their motivations were and why would they be the one to kill Greedo. Mm -hmm. So my, my kids had fun with it at least. Uh, My husband and I were, you know, kind of busy socializing. So we were, you know, talking with fellow 501st members and my, uh, my kids were playing the game. So it worked out pretty good. Mm -hmm.
0: So much like the bash, it sounds like there's a, like a variety of activities to, uh, to um, for people to, attend to or, or, you know, participate in if they wished.
2: Yes. Yeah. One of the other things, uh, main things that was going on was outside of the banquet hall and in the hallway, kind of where um, people were picking up their uh, initial badges and stuff for the banquet was a silent auction. Uh, They had like three or four large banquet tables full of various things that were donated. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think that, just that alone raised over eleven thousand dollars for Make a Wish. Just the the silent auction stuff. So, so that was incredible.
0: Fantastic. I was uh, just going to say I hadn't seen any results of what uh, you know the total was from that. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, I know. I've heard that one from just the banquet. Um, but there were there was so many separate uh, fundraising initiatives all kind of working together and i don't think they have them all combined yet i'm trying to think i think i saw the canadian garrison their you know set section that i was talking about earlier they they always put you know donation boxes near every photo op um they don't obviously that's the five hundred first policy, an unwritten policy, maybe, that we don't demand donations for anything that we do, but there's always going to be a donation bin that you'll find, you know, near our stuff that you can deposit money into. Um, so, and just their area alone, they raised almost $8,000.
0: Wow. Incredible. That's incredible. Yep.
2: So, um, yeah, I guess um I, that was another aspect. I don't even remember was that on the last day maybe that we got to do the the Make-A-Wish presentation. So I guess we'll get to that on Monday. Um but yeah, that was another big uh moment that we had on the Star Wars st- um Star Wars show stage. Um but yeah, so the um I think it was the the Black Widows from JRS uh, the Jolly Rogers squad, they had gotten together at the banquet and they kind of all dressed up like, I'm not sure if there's a, a better term other than cigarette girls, um, but basically that type of outfit with a little tray that would be at their waist. And uh, they went around and they were selling, uh, I think it was like raffle tickets or something for for fundraising, so... So that was pretty cute that they had all these little matching outfits that they had, that organized sort of like for the the posh group at the Canto Byte mm-hmm. Bash when they had all uh, kind of coordinated their their outfits that they would wear too. Well,
0: it's excellent. It sounds like the bash was really successful. Or, sorry, the uh, banquet was really successful. Then, at least from a uh, fundraising perspective, uh, uh, with uh, just a, a lack of food, uh, uh, the kind of only issue.
2: Yeah, right. it's it's always tough with those kind of giant events that's, to be able to to keep everyone fed.
0: Yeah, well, it's wonderful that yeah, getting so many people together and being it uh, so successful to uh, raise money for charity. That's uh, I, I'm blown away by that total. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, the one of the um, last things we did at the banquet after practically everyone else had left, I had noticed that uh, Samantha Allen, I think, is how you pronounce her last name she's the um the i think sole female stormtrooper or first female stormtrooper maybe who had appeared in armor uh in the films um she was at the banquet and she was still there by the time pretty much the rest of the room cleared out and uh my daughter who is normally you know fairly shy she's like i want you to take my picture with her So I was like, "Oh, So that was a really (laughs) cute moment that um, they got to have their picture together. And my daughter had her um, sign her the badge that you got for attending the banquet. So so that was a cute moment. That was her little celebrity moment that she got. Oh, nice. So then Sunday morning, we uh, ventured out for the first ever Galactic Academy breakfast. So that was pretty exciting that the... The you know the big kids got their banquet and bashes and and dinners and that kind of thing. But we thought maybe for the kids that they would like to gather for some uh, blue milk and uh, porg scrambled porg eggs. Um, I'm trying to remember what some of the other things were called. Uh, all the different the pancakes and the waffles and the sausage and the bacon they all had. Um, different Star Wars names and Clone Wars uh, cartoons were playing in the background like normally would for uh, breakfasts. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and the kids, after they ate, they had their own little swag trading session. <laughs> um, so it was really neat. And they did um, trivia and uh, for months they had been collecting basically donations any type of donation um, because at the Galactic Academy booth, they had a Jawa trading post where you could trade basically anything for anything. It was mostly, you know, pinback buttons for a lanyard or a, you know, a sticker for a trading card. It was, you know, little things. Uh, but some people donated these like uh, a Lego set or you know, giant prizes. So those all got put aside for the breakfast. And when the kids answered the trivia questions, then they got to pick out from those prizes. So so that was really neat for the kids to be able to do. And um, did a group photo um, with all the kids who were at the breakfast. And then there was another group photo at the convention itself. Um, Sadly, we had to duck out of the breakfast to head to the Mandalorian panel. Um, So we missed out on the costumed group photo with the Galactic Academy, but we got to do the breakfast group photo at least. Um, And we also missed out on the 501st group photo because of the Mandalorian. But it's one of those picking and choosing type moments that we had with that. Um, But I will say that I I had to do both. Oh, you managed to do both?
0: Uh, Yeah, I did as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. With the Galactic Academy breakfast. uh, Yeah. It was off-site. It was out at Hard Rock Cafe, which was like fifteen, uh, fifteen twenty-minute drive oh. away. <laughs> so by the time yeah. we came through the snow back uh, to the convention, uh, yeah, there was uh, thankfully we had someone holding our seats because we had entered the lottery as a group um, code, um, or else we probably would have been out of luck for for seats for the Mandalorian, at least in the section we were supposed to be in. Um, but. I will admit that I had not really looked at any information about the Mandalorian before going to that panel. Uh, so it was all, you know, brand new information for me. And in general, Mandalorians aren't my stick, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, just not something that I, I focused my interest on. Um, neither really, was I a big watcher of westerns? Um, so I was like, that's why I was a little disappointed when I won the Mandalorian lottery and not the Galaxy's Edge one. But I, my, my mind was was totally changed <laughs> getting a chance to go to the the panel, especially being in the the Wintrust Arena at the, at the Celebration stage, because um, I was down on the floor in the section uh, next to the Mandalorian Merc section. So I, I like vicariously, I guess, lived through them and their excitement. Um, They, there was so many moments where they all were, you know, raising their helmets that they brought in unison and uh, chanting Mandalore. And it was just, it it was very uh, electric vibe from their whole section of the uh, auditorium there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I was in the uh, the, the simulcast room in the uh, galaxy stage, I think, or the twin sun stage, whichever it was. Um, and so, you know, I, I didn't get that whole experience. But yeah, it was, we, we got to see everything that uh, you got to see as well. And wow, I mean, I, I have to say, you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau, I mean, they are so passionate about this show. And you know, you can see it in, in just all the little details of things that uh, that they're putting into it, you know.
2: I mean, they're yeah. passionate fans yeah. independently and yeah. then to put them together on a project. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and yeah. I have to say, I was, I was amazed that they had this, you know, what, one hour panel or, you know, maybe even less. Um, yeah, less because of the footage and everything they were showing. And yet they spoke for several minutes about how they needed more stormtroopers on set because mm-hmm. they didn't have enough resources and i i was it was very proud you know to to hear them speak about the um the professionalism and the just the the praise they heaped upon the 501st members that appeared as stormtroopers for uh, an episode of the mandalorian um i'm so proud you know that uh, that they had done so well and uh, say that that you know that John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni spent, let's say, at least a couple minutes of the precious time talking about how well they did and how proud they were of their performance.
2: Yeah, that was so exciting. Yeah, as soon as that came up on the screen, I took a picture of it and I sent it to the um, Legion PR team. I'm like, here you go, get this online. <laughs> so, yeah, that was very exciting. Yeah, yeah I, I totally wasn't expecting that at all. I I didn't even put two and two together that there would be stormtroopers in the Mandalorian, I guess. So I, I had no idea.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they, everybody had to, you know, sign NDAs and keep it quiet. And, uh, yeah, so it was it was a complete surprise. You know, apparently, I think they said in that panel, you know, that even that picture, they couldn't even give it to the... Uh, uh, right. The members that had participated for fear of it getting out, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they said, now that we've shown it, now we can get that picture to you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure how it was going to work with the simulcast rooms, because there was at one point uh, where John Favreau made an announcement saying, you know, goodbye to those who are watching uh, via live stream. You know, thank you for joining us. And, and then he went on with more of the panel. So I wasn't sure what other people got to eat, got to see versus not see.
0: Yeah, so you got to see everything, Todd. Yeah, so we got to see it all. Yeah, I got to see the uh, the, the trailer and then the additional footage where they showed a scene. Mm-hmm. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so
2: maybe it was just for like the YouTube uh, live streaming, not the. Extra room live streaming.
0: That's right. Yeah, the the streaming okay. that was going out on Star Wars .dot etc. And yeah, that's where they had to black it out. And yeah, so the live
3: stage it. didn't get to see it. Yeah, mm. the, the, okay. the people there.
0: Oh, the this even at the uh, yeah the stage they didn't get to see it
3: there. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so it was yeah it was incredible. I'm very enthusiastic for it. I'm. i I, um, i, I Maybe even more so than episode nine. I mean, the trailer, you know, for episode nine was wonderful. But uh, I say just the the, the passion that uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have, and the the level of detail. I mean, we know how you know through the years how much Dave Filoni loves the clones, you know, with his efforts on uh, Clone Wars, and um, just you know, uh, he writes great stories. And so, to, yeah, have them both together to do this show. I, I'm I'm really enthusiastic about it.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. What else have we not gotten a chance to talk about?
0: Well, uh, you know, first
2: Sunday you, at least. <laughs>
0: yeah, you were talking, um, uh, you know, offline about uh, some hotel issues. Uh, I will say briefly that I was actually supposed to fly out Sunday. Um, oh. That didn't happen when it started snowing and snowing more and more and more, and then they canceled all flights out of Midway.
2: <laughs> oh wow!
0: So um, yeah, I had uh, midday. Found uh, the flight was canceled. We were supposed to fly out about mm, uh, about seven o'clock that evening. So I yeah didn't know how I was getting home or where I was staying that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! But I won't get into the details. But thankfully, it all worked out. We found a, actually got a hotel at the Hyatt hotel room at the Hyatt, and um, so ended up being able to actually enjoy more of the con. And uh, so it it worked out just fine. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was, that was crazy. The, and like uh, when I mentioned that we had to drive out to the Galactic Academy breakfast and back when, so we lost our, our nice parking spot that we had and we had to park on the roof and it wasn't, that wasn't snow that I'm familiar with in upstate New York. (laughs) The, The snow that we have is like white, fluffy, pretty stuff. This stuff was like four inches of wet sludge that was gathered on the top of the parking garage, and we just for the whole rest of the day, my socks and shoes were wet. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) oh, it was awful, but we made it through it. Um, Oh, speaking of all the various group photos, the other group photo that was going on on Sunday was also the Droid Builders group photo, so we got to bring our guy out of his little droid builder's room to do that so that was that was pretty cool to see them all lined up and so there was an area kind of um if you know outside the droid builder's room before you get to those that massive like two-story escalator um there was an area there and then the photographer went up to that little extra level And took the shot the photo down from up there, and it turned out really nice. You could see um, they had all the droids in formation, all the astromechs in the back, and the mouse droids in the front. And then they did another photo where they kind of had all the builders um, come into the shot around the edges. So
0: now you say all the droids, how many are we talking about total?
2: Hmm, good question. There were, um, there was a little misstep on the timing so not all of the builders were able to bring their droids out of the room in time for the photo um which was a little bit of a kerfuffle there um but trying to see if i can get a rough estimate so there was one two three four five six seven rows of one two three four five seven droids each for the astromech section um two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, at least a dozen BB units and a little bit less of that of uh, mouse droids.
0: Wow. <laughs> I mean, because was incredible. all spread out so much in the droid yeah. room. Just, so to see them all together, I mean, uh, uh, I'm gonna have to look for a picture of that.
2: Yeah, I have some pictures I took on my cell phone. I actually, I should track down whoever took the official photo because it's probably took came out much nicer than mine but yeah it was pretty exciting we um at the last celebration that we were able to bring our 2 to orlando um they did parade and a group photo every day and it was like in the middle of the day and we missed Mm -hmm. all of them (laughs) <laughs> we were, like, so disappointed that we always missed all the photos. So this one, we definitely made sure it was at the was at the end of the day after the droid builder room had closed. So um, we definitely made sure we wanted to get in the group photo this time. So that was one of our –
3: Were there – um, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead.
2: I was. That was one of our uh, priorities for Celebration was to make nice. sure we gave the droid photo.
3: Did you have um, protocol droids dressed up? like, you know, humans inside?
2: No, as far as I know, the the only... Not for the picture. Um, I know there was a triple zero that was there over the course of the weekend, um, but I don't think she was suited up that night for the photo. Okay. That was the only astromech that I remember seeing around the droid builder's room, other than obviously Chris Lee's uh, animatronic one, which unfortunately that couldn't really easily move out of the room for the picture, yeah. but I, Chris Lee was in the picture, but <laughs> just not that Caesar Beale. view.
0: So uh, also on Sunday, um, I watched the, uh, the stream of the clone Wars sneak peek. I watched that from the celebration stage.
2: Uh, that was another one that I wish to have gone to.
0: And yeah, you know, it's, it's great to just feel the, the love for this show. And, you know, Uh, You know, sometimes if you can have the, the passion for a show, you know, that gets, you know, taken away from you before it's time and then finally for it to come back, you know, it's, it's such a wonderful feeling. And so, you know, so there's just all this, this, this group love for the show. Just every time they showed a clip, I mean, you can see the tears welling up in people's faces as they, you know, show, uh, you know, a certain character's arc, you know, and how it was left. And uh, it was, yeah, it was it was wonderful. We got to see character designs and, um, you know, we got to see a couple of clips. And, you know, so I, I can't remember when that is supposed to start. I know it's going to be on Disney's streaming service, um, but I don't know when it airs.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's probably a no-brainer for for most of our households that we're going to be subscribing to the Disney streaming service between that and The Mandalorian. Um and then isn't there like a a Cassian and K2SO show that I thought I heard was in development for that? Yep, Disney there Plus. Is. Oh my goodness. I'm going to need to find more TV time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I know The Mandalorian uh, is supposed to air
3: in November. Yeah, the 12th, the day Disney Plus goes live.
0: Oh, is that when it's going live? Oh, I Mm -hmm. see.
3: Yep.
2: That'll be cool. Definitely looking forward to that. So I think that probably wraps up Sunday, perhaps. And then Monday's Monday's big panel was the Phantom Menace anniversary panel. Mm-hmm. Which um I also did not win the lotto for. Although I had one of my garrison mates text me at like seven o'clock in the morning saying that they're they're not gonna go. Do I want to use their lottery passes? But it was it was too late for me to try to get organized to get over to the Wintrust mm-hmm. arena, so passed them on to another person. Um,
3: I got um uh tickets for that, you know, for based on the lottery. And, um, I just stayed for the entire day, um, <laughs> for the other, you know, the remaining two panels, uh, the, uh, wicked, I mean, sorry, the, uh, Warwick Davis one, and then the, the closing ceremonies. So that was, um, yeah, it was, it was a good end of the day, I guess. Um, the Phantom Menace one, you know, I think everybody had some sort of wish list, uh, who should come and, you know, what should be announced besides that. And, um, so I personally, I was hoping you know, Ian McGregor would come. He would announce his his uh, his movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, overall, it was good. It was a nice you know they they showed the trailer in the beginning, um, the the iconic trailer with the uh,
0: yeah the swamp
3: yeah the swamp and the so that every, was every generation incredible. has a legend I think it's yes yeah. seeing that on the big screen big big screen that was pretty good um yeah and then you know we had um the sort of like behind the scenes you know makers coming out duck chang and um some other folks and then we had some actors coming out like i at best um so it was good it was a, it was a good good uh sort of you know throwback i guess to what's now 20 years already old and yeah it was good good stuff
0: yeah, I was in there as well, and I thought they did a great job because they did the first uh, probably almost half, you know, based mm-hmm. on the uh, the visual and practical effects, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so like you said, Doug Chang and uh, – um, oh, I just blanked on his name. Uh, the fellow who also – he was like the head of visual effects for ILM, and he came up with the story idea for Rogue One. Um, yeah. John
2: –
0: shoot, I should know. Um, I will remember oh. his –
2: Hey, he was yeah. in another panel I did too. He, him, and his brother developed Photoshop, and I was like, "Wow, that's a random." Oh, that's him,
0: John Knoll, John Knoll, <laughs> yeah. right. John Knoll. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But um, here, I'm going to play a little clip of a, of a video here. I hope it comes through okay. Um, and this is right before the panel started. This was really cool because they had music playing and everything, getting everybody kind of, you know, uh, active. And uh, let's see.
3: Yeah.
0: so they the last song they played before the panel started they had uh, yeah uh, weird al's uh, the saga begins and everybody's up with their lightsabers and they've got their lights on on their phones and they're singing along and and it really does um kind of show how what i think makes this con different than other cons not only because it's a one uh you know, one genre event, but it really is a celebration, right? It's a real kind of, um, you know, almost a party atmosphere to it. Especially, like you say, in the you know, the Wintrust, right, where they're they're really just celebrating the thing that we love. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they the DJs played that song before the while well, we were waiting for the episode nine panel to start as well. Um, but we did not have the Kylo Ren lip syncing feature that. That you guys got at the Phantom Menace one.
0: I'm not familiar with that.
2: That's what I thought that video was from. No, there was apparently. Oh, well, maybe they did it before more than one of the panels.
3: But, they did. They did.
2: Okay, so yeah. at one of the other days, maybe it was the um, the Mandalorian when they played the weird al song they had a kylo ren costumer come up and he nailed the lip syncing on that song so perfectly that his video had gone like viral
0: oh really oh i hadn't heard that that's fantastic love it
2: so when the the i got to see part of the closing ceremony um that was when my my uh, line had come up to get into the galaxy's edge area which was right next to the star wars show stage so i got to see the announcement for Anaheim 2020, while I was waiting in line <laughs> for oh. something else. So, but but that's that's all I saw of it. Was there was like some uh, princess Leia costumer, I guess, that did some s- press some sort of button, and it came up with where the um, mm-hmm. the convention was going to be, and that's all I saw of that panel.
0: Yeah, I watched it when I got home. Uh, another great thing about celebration is how they uh, you know you don't don't necessarily have that do or die must you know get into that one panel at least you can watch it later if you you know have something else that's going on Uh, it was cute the way they did that and of course I am very happy that it uh, is going to be in Anaheim next well not only going to be in Anaheim for the next celebration but be only one year away or now less than a year well actually we don't know what month it's going to (laughs) be yeah but that—that's surprising. That uh, you know, typically, you know, it's been every two years in the U.S. for the last few years. Uh, so to have only a one-year gap—that's—that's that's very different. Especially when they don't have a, uh, a major movie coming out next year.
3: It's a very tall order <clears throat> by the organizers. But um, if they—if <clears throat> they think they can pull it off, you know, even better.
2: Yeah. Sadly, I think we're, we've already decided we're going to have to sit, sit that one out, uh, just basically the expense of, of traveling across the country. is going to be a bit too much with less than 12 months' notice.
0: Yeah, understandable. For me, that's um, because I'm also in Rebel Legion. That's that's my home base, Sunrider
1: base. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'll make uh, some yeah. of that, if not all of it myself, so... Uh, I'm looking forward to that next year. And uh, we'll pick up some of the slack, like uh, since I couldn't make it to Chicago. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that, uh, Todd, you and I can meet up at Anaheim at some point next year and uh, get some coverage. Marcus, do you think you'll make it next year? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll be there. Yes. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Have Marcus has been to pretty much almost every celebration.
3: <laughs> now it's almost like down. you have to go. Like. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what kind of fan are you? No, I'm just kidding. um, I'm flying solo, so it should it should be it should be okay.
1: Yeah, that's the end of our coverage for Celebration Chicago. I guess I'm gonna have to go to Celebration again sometime. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization.